0: to working dog radio <laughs> broadcasting the bite
1: all right let's talk about training uh we're going to be at hits in scottsdale arizona this year 2020 august 18th through the 21st eric and i are actually going to be instructing uh so head over to hits canine letter k number nine dot net. get signed up don't wait till the last minute like i know all of you people do head over and get signed up now before the prices increase
2: Ray Allen.com. If you own a dog, train dogs of any sort, pet dogs, working dogs, any dog you could have, rayallen.com, one-stop shop for anything you need. Stick around during the podcast. Listen for the discount codes. RayAllen.com, best in the business.
1: Yeah, one of our favorite partners who signed on for the rest of this year is Dogtra. Uh, excellent remote collars and the ball trainer. I got like four of those things at the kennel. They're awesome. Popper and a dropper. I've got the pro and the first version. Um, And one of my favorites is the 1900S. Head over to dogtra.com and check out everything they got. And then listen in in the middle of the episode for the discount code.
2: If you want a great dog, great training, and want to go hang out in Florida and do all that, especially in the wintertime, our great friends at Southern Coast Canine, uh, they're amazing down there. They've been doing it a long time. they got single-purpose, dual-purpose trainer schools, handler schools, admin schools down in the Daytona, Florida area, southerncoastcanine.com.
1: And... One of our favorite 501s is the guys from Georgia Canine Foundation. After dogs retire, there's a lot of associated costs, and the departments generally don't cover those. It's on the handler to to cover that. Those guys at the Georgia Police Canine Foundation take care of those dogs post-retirement. Head over to the website, check it out, buy some T-shirts, donate some money, and take care of the dogs after they get done working.
2: So if you uh, want a kennel, you want to be in a kennel business or you have one, you need to expand. Horizonstructures.com is amazing. They will show up at your place, prefab, pre-built kennel, plug it into your sewer, into your water, into your power, on your property, drop it, hook up, put dogs in it that day. It's amazing. Horizonstructures.com.
1: We are back, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. This is the first episode of 2020. This should be airing on, uh, what is it, 1-3, January 3rd, uh, 2020, uh, January 2nd, for Patreon members, uh, sans commercials. Uh, We're recording this the day before New Year's Eve. So uh, this is officially the official last episode of the year. Uh, I'm Ted Summers, as always, from a balmy Tulsa, Oklahoma, with me from the tundra of Canton, Ohio. Is, is it still cold, dude, Eric? <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: it's, it was really warm for a few days, and then today, so I wake up this morning, and it's 55, which I was like, wow, man, that's crazy. But there's 50, 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts, so I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be good. Oh, yeah, that's now it's fantastic
1: tracking weather. Did you go tracking Yes, today?
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I we just did...
1: We I, did I went, <laughs> boxes
2: and popper boxes and um, and then vehicle
1: dope. Yeah, I tracked. So I uh, our, we tracked good. today. I got seven patrol dogs um, in process. And, uh, oh, I built our new, I broke my old bite box, um, which was good because I hated that thing anyway. Uh, and I built us a new one this weekend and I used it today. Oh, so much better. Um, I'm going to do a video of um, that pushing full grip that, Eric and I, you and I always talk about, mm-hmm. uh, for our Patreon members, we're going to do it. It'll probably be done in January because um, I got these seven dogs that are, one of them is like almost done and the other six are kind of like in between completely green and not. So yeah, we should be moving quite a bit, but that I'll put that on Patreon end of January probably, probably right after we get back from Memphis with HRD, which is 27th to the 29th. So yeah so uh cool. what are we what are we doing on the last official work day of the year
2: <laughs> um yeah well I'm working tomorrow so yeah, I don't know am, I, but, I, am uh, t- I am working tomorrow too
1: but mm-hmm. I mean
2: you know so um back everybody knows that um that I worked the uh west coast end of the seal contract uh for a while ago um but i I mean I only worked it for like four months but on the east coast so the the company that has the west coast contract has it's one contract east and west he has both and um so the east coast has their group of trainers and they've been there a lot longer than the west coast guys um but i never met our guest tonight and he worked there the entire time i did well before i was there and uh, after i left he was still there um it's funny because one of the trainers on the west coast um hated everybody he uh was nasty and didn't have a nice thing to say about anybody's training ability except for our guest (laughs) he's the only person i ever heard him say something good about so um so all the way from the center of louisville kentucky is our guest rich harden rich how are you i'm doing well brother thanks for having me yeah (coughs) no problem So, Rich, before we get into your, um, like, a little bit of your history, where we led up today, you, I might be wrong on this, but didn't you do some work at a college on, like, animal behavior training in general? No. No? I don't know why I I thought thought you had done something more than just dogs, some other type of animal.
1: No, no other type Um, of
2: animals, Just, just a couple of criminal justice degrees, that's about it. No, there you go. <laughs> so uh, before different we get
1: into, get uh, it's a different kind right. of animal. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
2: Rich does, um, you know, still still helping guys train police dogs. He's uh, has a very successful pet dog business, and also does a lot of uh, SWAT canine integration tactical stuff, and has an amazing facility for that. So we'll get to all that. But Rich, let's let's go over your history a little bit sure well you know where do we begin where did it start
0: well 20 some years ago i guess that makes me an old guy in the room right uh oh yeah just just, I became a a canine handler for a small department and uh once i got the dog i realized i didn't know much about dogs you know like everybody else (laughs) you think you know you think you know what you're getting into and then you don't uh and then from there i just realized very quickly that the one thing throughout my law enforcement career that i realized was Every time I made a mistake or I, or I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was, I was able to, to back up and, and go get the help I needed to, to become what I wanted to do, you know, to make sure that I, I was good. And, and uh, not only that, but I was, you know, operating safely, was doing it correctly, and I was learning uh, my profession. Uh, you know, my big mantra for my law enforcement career was to always be a, a student of your profession. And uh, you got to sometimes humble yourself and step back and, and go get the Necessary knowledge to you know to become really good at your craft, and uh, that's what I did. How uh, how long did you work as a handler? Just a couple of years. Uh, worked for a department in Nelson County, Kentucky, and uh, worked some dogs there, and then just started getting into the training side of things, and it just took off from there. It was going from you know seminar to seminar, just learning as much as I could, and then training as many dogs as I could possibly train
2: how uh tell me about your dog that you worked? I worked a
0: no count uh black lab uh narcotics detection <laughs> dog uh, <laughs> uh he was he was an awesome dog took him uh from you know basically from start to finish and uh served us well in the police department for many years
2: that's awesome uh I don't think I ever knew that that, it was, that yeah. you had a black lab yeah I sure did I started, were you guys I started, busy I started, yeah, we stayed
0: really busy. It was a small county. Uh, there was a nine-county drug task force uh, in the area. We were part of that regional part of it, and we were always getting called out.
2: Damn, nine that's, counties. It's, that's a well, big deal. Well, you know, yeah. every
0: seminar we go to, we talk about buried hides, and, and I talk about buried hides because he, he actually found $600,000 buried in a, a freezer on a farm uh, all on his own. He was going out to take a break to go to the bathroom and we just walked into it and uh so we've we've been doing that ever since yeah big big
2: learn big lesson learned there yeah i remember um so earlier this year uh howard young rich and i um did some training for the georgia police canine foundation down in in georgia and um, howard and i did a bunch of the bite work stuff and rich did all the detection stuff and i remember the guy saying they come over to me, and I go, well, how to go? And it's like, yeah, he had buried hides. We were talking about buried hides. <laughs>
1: My
2: dog sucked at that. They were terrible.
1: And you're like, oh, he's probably never seen that before. he's like, no, right, no. I'm like, oh, n- you know, <laughs> there's a the reason why <laughs> he's not good at it. dope dog. Yeah, I mean. That's right. Yeah, so, no. <laughs> you, they're, you're sh- they're shocked that he was sucked at it. He's never seen it before. I'm like, oh, they're not superheroes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: That's right. So how, how did you end up landing into the uh, NSW contract? Uh, well, once I retired
0: from the police department, uh, right you probably six or so months, I got asked to come out and interview uh, for that position and, and did a working interview out there and, and got picked up.
2: What year so was that?
0: 2013, 2014,
2: somewhere along in there. No, I'm sorry, 2012. Yeah, um, 2012. 2012, i say, because I was there 20, the end of 13 into 14, and you had already been down there. Yeah. Um, so when you um, were doing all the dog training leading up to getting that job, had you um, been working with a lot of dual-purpose dogs, or were you doing more of the nose stuff, or where were you at? i
0: I'd done a lot of nose stuff. You know, I had some experience with the, the, with the dual-purpose, a lot of tracking, uh, some sports stuff, Schutzen, IPO stuff. Helped, helped yeah. a, lot of so, police departments. Uh, a couple of police departments are surrounding us. Small departments didn't have any place to go training-wise. So, you know, we'd step back and help them with grip work, things like that. Things that they're, when you go to these seminars and you see guys working, the, the stuff that they've shortcut on, you know, the dogs not up and in, pushing on the grip, you know, uh, not calm on the bite, things like that. Just helping them, you know, calm their dogs down, not be so uh, hectic in, in those times.
2: Yeah, that's one one thing that Ted and I noticed uh, with our HRD company when we're traveling around the country is how many guys have never heard of working the pushing grip and... Um,
1: or opposition uh, relax. Yeah, <laughs> oh, didn't I know guys, anything about
2: back pressure and they, yeah. they don't know anything. They And it's they don't know what they don't know, so it's not really their fault. It's um, Right. It's, you know, systemic of, of their training group or where they're at. Um, so in your area, when you were... When you were, you know, training over there by the police department, and all that was there, uh, explosive dogs there. There were a few, yes. Not a lot. So at the time. what did? Um, not a lot, probably. yes, pre, well, it was around 9/11, I would assume, or right afterwards, when you were doing all that training. Um, everybody we talked to says 9/11 changed. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, everybody started getting bomb dogs. Um, well, they did. When I don't it, know it, it how changed, prevalent it, that
0: is. It changed dog training and dogs, uh, you know, all over the place.
2: Uh, just,
0: I think it's affected more quality, uh, over the, especially over the past few years. That you just, what, what you see out there, that the dogs just are not the same anymore. You know, the drives, and what do you, how do you,
2: temper, you
0: mean? Well, the drives and temperaments of the dogs. Some of them are not the right dogs. You know, you go to some of these seminars and you find these dogs that, <clears throat> There was a department that came to me to look at some sustainment training, and their dog didn't even—he didn't even have any obedience. <laughs> he, yeah, he didn't know—he wow. didn't know what a recall was, how to redirect his dog, you know. And, and this
1: is—it's
0: <clears throat> systemic of small departments, because you know, that's what I work with here in Louisville. Because LMPD here, they, they have their own training division, their own with their, their canine unit. But all these small departments, all over the state, they have no resources to pull from. They have no training budgets, you know, so they send these poor guys to a school somewhere and get this dog that goes through some two-week handler's course for a patrol dog and brings this dog back to the department, and they have nowhere to go. So by the time they find someone that actually can help them, they've created so many training scars that, you know, the, the dog is just starting from square one all over again. And you know how that is when you're fixing a scar. You know, wh- what happens when the dog gets stressed or, or goes back to... Uh, that association that he learned early on, you know, they revert back. So it's just constant trying to fix an issue that should have never been there to begin with.
2: What is Kentucky as far as standards go? Do they have any?
0: Oh, well, they're, they're all supposed to be certified. I mean, most of them, uh, you know, they'll go through either uh, water or uh, uh, what the
2: ACPA. i would assume goes, the guy you know. right like the guy that that came to you that didn't even have a recall i'm assuming he was not going any certification stuff well they they have certifications i'm i'm not sure <laughs> where they got them at or where they went, but, you
0: know it's uh walmart you know, and it, it, i wish i could say it's just been you know an isolated incident uh, but, <laughs> it, but it really isn't and it's because they don't know where to go they just don't have any resources to pull from. And so then, you know, and it's not their fault, you know, the the police department, they'll send out bids. And then of course they go to the lowest bidder and we all all know, sometimes you get what you pay for. And when you go to the lowest bidder, you don't, if you're going to a patrol course, that's two weeks long. (laughs) And that's going to be your certification as a handler. And that's all you have. You know, you're not even, you're not even tip, you know, breaking the ice, you know, the top of the ice here.
1: No. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of one thing that Eric and I um, talk about a lot. On, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the, the impetus behind um, this podcast, like why we started it, for one. And I think why you and Howard are doing um, yours and why other vendors like um, or guys that are hosting like Bradshaw and Cameron um, Ford and all those guys are doing it. It's because the same for the same reason. I mean, the information is out there, but not necessarily easily accessible and we want to help. So, um sure. one thing that always kind of that we talk about a lot both at HRD and um I talk about with my handlers and then we talk about in here too is um you know, the certification standard versus the um deployment standard. And then the, I think there is a like a I don't know if there's a mystique or a myth or I don't know, I don't know what how to say it. But around um, the naval special warfare dogs or special operations dogs um, in general, and you know every time we and I've dealt with quite a few of those guys too. Um, when we meet the guys from HRD, because Eric and I and Ray were in front of two hundred and almost two hundred teams or something this year, is a lot of people. Um, you know, they kind of feel inferior to those guys. And I man, I tell you what, there was some gangster ass teams in Texas and Philly and Florida and in, in Ohio. I mean, there were some there were some teams and some dogs that um granted the skill sets are a lot different, but the selection process was just as good. And the outcome was just as good. I mean, we had some really, really, really nice um canine teams and you know, Eric and I and Ray would kind of come away and be like, holy shit, that's a nice fucking dog. Or that's a nice handler. Or, that dude, that dog is legit. So, you know, what was the largest difference, you know, coming out of, um, out of the non-military side and then going into after a working interview and then going into um, Cobra and starting picking up with the NSW dogs? Well,
0: you know, that, that program, when you get to work at a program like that, you're just truly blessed. You know, right. they have a great resource, you know, you're, you're training dogs every day, five days a week of traveling, going to, you know, different venues. Uh, and that's just a, a, something that's hard to recreate unless you're, you have that operational tempo. Uh, but with you, what you just said, you know, the selection process, uh, and one of the biggest things we've all, I've always said, you know, the, the patch on your sleeve doesn't make you elite. You know, the, those, those guys that you just mentioned, they're selecting dogs, going out here and getting after it. They got the right type of training they're doing. They've basically focused on foundations and fundamentals to to nausea, you know? And that's what makes our dogs good. You know, every day that people would come to work and say, hey, what are we gonna do today? Well, we're gonna do a a little bite work. We're gonna do a little detection. We're gonna do a little obedience, you know? Because that's what you do. That's every single day. Now, obviously all the nuances change daily, but that's your job and that's what we're gonna do. And when you have great foundations, you can go do whatever you want to do with your dog after that. You know, Eric and uh, Howard at the seminar, I got to watch a couple of things that, that Eric was doing with, you know, getting the dog to go up on a roof. You know, normally, you know, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's not something you're going to do, but you know what? <clears throat> your dog, when you have a relationship and you have great foundations, you can get your dog to do those type of things.
1: You know, and that's just, that's one of those things that Eric um, does all the time. So when we go to the HRD things, um Ray and I and Eric kind of break down these things into the scenarios into like one of us always instructs one and one of us always instructs the other one. So we have some continuity and, um, you know, and that's one of Eric's things is um, environmentals. And it's one huge portion of these dogs. Um, and this is kind of kind of lead into the SWAT stuff um, that we always see like though we've had some dogs that come through that are just Fucking monsters, and they'll have the weirdest environmental problems. And almost routine, I'd say probably 90% of the dogs that have come, so 90% of 200 over 22 states. Um, (laughs) we were like, first day, how many dogs people have? Dogs have outing problems, and everybody raises their hands. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, your dog's gonna out. And Eric's like, oh, they're going to out watch this. And I, Eric will have to tell you what the numbers are. But it is shocking how many times we get dogs that out in these weird environmental problems. But, you know, they don't lack intensity. They don't fail to engage. And they continue to drive and to push to, ask, to finish what we're asking them to do or what the handler's asking them to do. And – you know, the environmental aspect and working on obedience within that little portion of it is a huge aspect that Eric is constantly, like, driving home to people. Um, but, you know, during um, the training of, like, the NSW dogs, um, and then we'll kind of move into SWAT here in a little bit. But how much of the environmental aspect um, are you guys looking at um, kind of overall? Oh, it's huge. I
0: mean, in, right. during, that's just during selection. You know, yep. whether it's slick floors, dark rooms, all, all those crazy things that you, you can encounter is, you know, because you can't have a dog that once it gets over one environmental issue and then you go to the next one, it's a brand new problem again. You know, right. You can't continue fixing these things. So the dog has to be balanced like that. And, you, you know, that, that was, selection was everything when, when looking at those dogs. And that's what everybody should be looking for in their patrol dogs. It's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, a military special operations dog. It, right. If you're going to have a dual purpose dog, then it's, the right dog is always the right dog and the wrong dog is always the wrong dog. And
1: that's they're one ever, thing that Eric you know. that Eric drives home to these handlers that are, you know, they just think that there's some dude in some sheriff's department in, you know, or some city in the middle of you know, the United States and you know, they're just doing their job and whatever else is that um you know, selection is good selection and um you know, yes, sir. And that's one thing that we routinely see. Because I tell you what, I mean, I've seen a ton of dogs um come through that some through our program that the HRD, not through torchlight, but um the the environmental problems that like their dogs are gangster on certification day and on you know, grass fields and whatever else, but I ask them to go into a dark room where they can't hear the handler, they can't see the handler, the handler's nowhere to be found, and the dogs are like, meh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, right. I'm not really, uh, I'm not, I'm not about that life. And, um, Eric and I both have gotten messages, um, posts where the handler's like, you know what? I worked on that for a couple months and that dog now is a completely different dog. Um, and so when the dog showed up at NSW for you guys, were they pre-selected or were they? or like yes. Okay. So who did the pre-selection? The vendor?
0: Uh, no, usually, uh, the the owner
1: Oh okay. So um you He's guys the owner did of the company, Right. Yeah. So um post uh, after moving through like some of the um environmental problems and everything else, where did the process start for um NSW, because we we've had a lot of questions like, you know, the difference between a special operations dog, because this is going to where we're going ultimately, is SWAT, and like a police dog. And in the United States, police dogs are ultimately used as a location tool. They find drugs or bombs and people. And if they're a dual-purpose dog, then we have the option of force or we should have the option of force, and we have to know that, that dog's going to bite. That's not part of this conversation. We'll the students, they do. But sure. um, with the, like, the SEAL dogs or with the NSW dogs, what is the primary purpose of that dog within that team?
0: It, it depends on the mission.
1: Okay, <laughs> you
0: know, I mean it's pretty simple. I mean it's you know I, I would say the majority of the things they did was detection. Did a lot of detection, but those dogs you know you have they have to engage.
1: Right, and so, the the parallel I'm trying to draw here is that it is identical. the The, the profile for those dogs is identical to. Your average patrol dog in Florida or Texas or Oklahoma or North Dakota or wherever they're at, you know, their primary purpose is detection, location. And then – but they have to use force given the opportunity – well, the the opportunity presents itself and it's legit. I mean, the dog has to age. So, um,
2: Eric? The one thing that was different for me when I got out there was, you know, we did – back home at the time we did obedience with the dogs. Um, we did, uh, you know, good obedience and dogs could pass certification. They're obedient dogs. But, um, the one thing that I noticed when I worked, uh, NSW was the dogs had to be able to handle a ton of control, way more control than, than even I was used to. And I, I was finding, um, that that's where we would have problems with dogs, where we would, end up failing them as dogs that couldn't handle it um so for me that was the biggest difference i don't know if uh if that was something for you rich or you were always really into the control side of it i would say that was one of their biggest issues is control you know how much pressure a dog could take sure okay we're going to uh we're going to go ahead and take a break now and we come back we're going to get into uh um rich's tactical side uh what he's doing now and um A little bit about the SWAT dog stuff. All right, guys. Scottsdale, Arizona, 2020 HITS. Uh, First of all, congratulations to Jeff Barrett, one of the owners of HITS, uh, for his retirement. Jeff's a good dude. Um, Ted and I are going to be instructing there this year. It's the best conference out there, period. It's the biggest and the best. Um, It's in Scottsdale. Never been there. Can't wait. You know, it's in the desert, and the hotel has a wave pool. So guys, we can go surf. All you dudes can be out there, you know, with your dad bods
1: and all that stuff um, hanging out. Ted, Here, when and where, hand. what are we doing? <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona, <laughs> uh, August 18th to the 21st of 2020. Uh, yeah, everybody can bring their night, their, their night shift tan out and surf in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it's uh hits canine <laughs> K-9, letter K number net. Get signed up. I think about six weeks before, uh, tickets go up or so be sure to, uh, Head on over, and if you were part of a Patreon member of ours, we gave away a free uh, pass this year too. So, also pays to be a Patreon member because you could go for free. Well, at least the the, the uh, ticket price would be free. So yeah, uh, one of our other sponsors that we're really stoked about and has been with us for a long time is Ray Allen. Ray Allen has been around forever, and it's not just for police dogs. It's for working dogs, pets, uh, bird dogs, gun dogs, and, of course, police dogs and sport dogs. But they have everything from leashes to handler equipment to uh, we actually do the muzzles for them, the uh muzzles here, uh, the working dog dragon ones are there. So, yeah, those are uh, fantastic. If you use the discount code, Working Dog Radio, uh, you'll get 10% off, um, and it's rayallen.com. Head on over, hit them up, order something. I'm an e-collar
2: guy, right? I train all my dogs on e-collars, and I use for all my working dogs, man. It's Dogtra. That's all it is, Dogtra. Uh, that I, I maintain over and over the 1900s is the best collar on the market for police dogs. 1900s by Dogtra. It can you can get a Molly attachment for your vest for the uh, controller, and uh, I, I love the 1900s. Ted, talk about the ball popper that you love.
1: Oh, yeah, the Ball Popper and the Ball Popper Pro. It's a popper and a dropper. You can tie multiple of them together, I think eight at a time, and it'll launch a tennis ball about waist height, and then you can load up to three to drop them. And I hide them. I actually modify them and put magnets all over them and stick them under cars, under our bus and all kinds of stuff and put them inside cars to launch tennis balls out when we're training dogs. Batteries are rechargeable on the Pro, and it's got a little bit uh, shorter response time on the remote, so you get a better response from the dog and the window is much shorter in terms of the reaction from the unit. But yeah, I love that thing. Uh, we gave away some of those also during our Patreon giveaway uh, Christmas last year. So, and the year before that. So there's some people out there that have gotten that love them. So I, li- I like them a lot for sure.
2: Yeah, we have a discount code. If you check them out, go to dogtra.com. Discount code WDR10 for 10% off a single item over $200. Dogtra.com.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the sponsors has been with us since the beginning is Highland Canine out in North Carolina. It's the Pergusons, Jason and Aaron. Love those guys. Jason's actually been on the podcast before. He's an instructor at a lot of the conferences we go to fantastic trainer. Uh, They run a school there that accepts a VA and they've got customers from all over the country and all over the world. Uh, They've developed programs for um, African nations and uh, I've had lots of dogs come through. Uh, They do green dogs. They do seminars. They do top to bottom police dogs with handler schools included. Uh, And because of that, they've got on-site living accommodations for handlers during handler schools. So top to bottom, front to back beginning to end they got you covered head over to tactical police trainingcom that's letter K number nine and check out everything they've got going on in the seminars coming up we actually gave away a $500 gift certificate during uh, our Christmas giveaway in 2019 so yeah be sure to head over tactical police canine letter k number nine training.com
2: so one of the best things that we ever have gotten on this podcast is our relationship with vet care and their product quickderm we make no secret about it. I tell everybody, um, they're like, yeah, my dog's got this going on. This this injury got cut here. Do that. I might get quick Term by vet care. It's, it's like magic elixir. It really is. It's crazy how good it works and how fast it is as advertised. It's one of my uh, favorite relationships that we have quick Term by vet care. Um, Ted, I know you use it on yourself. I think.
1: Yeah, I got nuked by a dog last year and had to get some stitches. But it definitely helped clean it up. Uh, In fact, you have a buddy that's up close Hmm. to you that owns a... uh pet business that had a dog come in that he used it on to keep this dog the the problem from getting worse that the owner didn't realize had that had the dog had when he got dropped off uh which is kind of what this stuff's about it prevents little things from becoming big problems so you know dogs cut themselves especially working dogs you know stuff gets stuck in their paw happy tails another common one Um, they get their muzzles all torn up and stuff from dealing with uh crates and kennels it's super easy to apply works really well you only have to do it once a day. is not like rocket science. So yeah, head over to VetCare.us and use the discount code one zero WDR for a ten percent off discount off your first order. Speaking of easy, that's why I like VetCare. But also easy is Horizon Structures. We get information uh, passed to us all the time and questions passed to us all the time about, oh, what's the best kennel to use? Do you use this? Do you use these pre-made panels, whatever else? If you're going to invest the money to create a commercial, whether it's the police side or whatever, invest the money in Horizon Structures. It's literally like plug and play. So you have the pad set up, you tie it into sewer and water, they show up with a flatbed truck, they drop that sucker off and it's plugged in. You can put dogs in it an hour after they leave. It's fantastic. Eric, what do you think of those things?
2: I, I tell you this, I remember you built that uh, that one kennel oh, yeah. that you had. I guarantee there, yeah. you, if you knew that Horizon Structures was available, you'd have just done that. It's. I can't, um, I'm looking everywhere for a kennel and there's just never, anything's not perfect. You know, it's just not working out for me. So I'm trying to find a, a good spot where I can get Horizon Structures. I've been on their website, horizonstructures.com. Went through everything, looked at their tutorials, looked at their videos. Um, Dude, it's you drop it, put dogs in it. So how simple is that? It's amazing. They have financing available, everything, horizonstructures.com.
1: Yeah, and it's custom. You can literally do yes. whatever you want, like from insane, from mild to wild, insane to normal, I mean, anything you want. But yeah, horizonstructures.com, hit them up. All right, uh, we are back with Rich Harden from Double H Canine. Unfortunately... Uh, We had a technical issue while we were recording this episode, and we didn't find out until post-production and editing. Um, And it sounded like Eric and Rich and I were all um, huffing helium and screaming at each other, uh, which is not going to be pleasing to listen to. Um, Right before we went to break, we were talking about the selection process for um, uh, the Naval Special Warfare contract. And when we came back from the commercial, um, which was supposed to be right here, we get into a discussion of how um, dog selection happens for Um, SWAT teams and for special operations and then we move into a conversation uh, about tracking and um, we kind of pick up where uh, which you'll hear in a second where uh, and everybody's heard to say it before Eric and I just don't believe in having a tracking dog that does not bite Um, and that's where the conversation picks up what was cut out is about 15 minutes um, of us reiterating the fact that the dogs have to be social and that the dogs have to be stable environmentally And the dogs have to have a ton of control for special operations and for um, SWAT stuff. Uh, It's something that Eric and I talk about all the time. Um, The guys from Ridgeside, Aaron uh, Taylor, talks about it all the time in his um, courses. Uh, But that's effectively what the conversation revolves around. So um, with that, I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) I'm sorry, Rich. Also, I tried to get him back on, but he's super busy. Um, So we're going to pick back up here uh, with the tracking discussion and uh yeah so we'll talk to everybody else soon sorry it got dropped so i yeah no and i was just saying you know you have a single purpose dog that tracks and your cover might be a trooper and a fish and wildlife guy in rural kansas and you're part of a 17-man department and (laughs) <laughs> you're asked to go find somebody that should probably be shot, and you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna use this dog that doesn't bite. That's a good idea." So, yeah, nope. Right. And, you know,
0: you, you, the, the scenario you explained is, and those guys will end up watching the dog. Right. So they'll watch it out in front, like you're supposed yeah. to do. You know, yeah. cause everybody gets enamored with what the dog's doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's just—it's just dangerous. It just really is. That's a—that's a skill set, and you got to keep your head in the game. And uh, it's a good way to get yourself hurt if you don't know what you're doing.
2: So we, um, Ted and I, and you, we all love this dude with his big white beard. Yeah. (laughs) White beard canine. Howard. Man, Howard Young. Yeah. yeah. To this day, uh, Howard.
1: To this day, uh, no offense, Rich, but uh, my favorite episode ever um, is Howard's episode, so... Yeah. <laughs> that's good well, definitely that's, a good episode. That's a good episode, yeah. man. That's yeah. A, that was, that's a good one. That is my favorite episode thus far. Um so uh, I don't remember which number it is. It's like in the thirties <laughs> or forties or something. Early. But um yeah. So my favorite episode, but yes, everybody loves Howard. Absolutely. He's so where companion. are you
2: uh well, how do you meet him? Uh well I used to go down
0: to, you know, Sevierville every year and teach at the uh uh, their street dog seminar, and I, and Howard always brought his guys down. And <clears throat> I met him there probably, oh, gosh, it's got to be, you know, 12, 14 years ago.
2: So He's easy, easy to like, that guy. Like, really is, easy to you like. You know, yeah. he
0: would always come to, you know, watch his guys work. And, you know, I have a, a different philosophy in, in teaching and instructing and helping people. And, and we always look at it as we're just trying to <clears> – <throat> Just trying to make people better. You know, we're, we're looking at the dog in front of us and, and looking at the issue at hand. And if you're having, if the dog looks great, then you say, hey, man, that, that looks fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and that's how me and Howard kind of hit it off. He's like, you never, you, you always tell the guys that they're doing well. And if there's something, you know, well, if you're thinking about this, maybe you look at, on this side of what you're doing, you know. And, and uh, we just always had a really good rapport and uh, have, have known each other for quite a long time. Him and
2: his wife are just you know, great people.
1: No, oh, at is great.
2: So you, let's talk about uh, the the podcast you guys are going to do. Well, you know we're, we're struggling uh, with technology, <laughs> but
0: we're uh, we're working on it. We've uh, we've got a list of people who are, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're, we'd like to interview. And like I said, we got one canned already, and it went pretty well. It was uh, uh, our premise is really trying to to find professionals in the canine industry. And it doesn't have to be in the working dog industry. It could be, you know, pet dog, agility, just looking at those top performers and trying to eke out what they do and, and dissect, you know, why they've chosen what they're doing with the, maybe it's a certain breed they like to work with and, and why and, and give people some great training tips on, you know, on what's, what's built their training career and their, and their love for dogs and how they live with their dogs every day. And that's kind of the, the premise of the podcast. Excellent. Awesome. What's, well, it called? It, what's it, it, what's it going to be called? A
2: purpose driven dog.
1: Yeah, very nice. I assume it'll be on iTunes and Google Play and all of the normal places, correct? If
0: we can figure it out, absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, <laughs> you, 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 you got you to talk to Alicia. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Alicia, that'd, that'd... Eric, Eric, and I just show up and yell at people and do interviews. Alicia is the. <laughs> I tell
0: you, I, I went down the podcast
2: rabbit hole of, of uh, information, and it's just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and then editing takes up time, and and I know uh, it's, um, I talked to some guys uh, that do a podcast I haven't heard from in a while, and they said, yeah, it's just, you know, we're trying out here trying to work jobs and work our businesses and and then doing the editing of the podcast and everything like that. It's not um, easy. It's it's super time intensive, but um, I think you guys will do a good job. Oh, I think it's
0: it's It'll pretty fun. You know, you, you're, you're I'm able to talk with Howard and and uh, get his unique insight sometimes because he's a pretty low key guy. Uh, interesting mm-hmm. to talk to Very humble. <coughs> so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Our first uh,
2: our first interview, we had we had a good time. Good. It'll be the uh, you got to get. The thing is, where, where my suggestion to you guys is you two always interview people without Southern accents. So it's a mixture.
1: <laughs> no, well, they the need the to... Uh,
2: knows who the hell's talking.
1: No, they <laughs> need to interview somebody from, like, fucking Boston or something. <laughs> well,
2: well, the first guy you was from New York, so we should be okay. Other.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, if you got a
2: New Yorker, and then
1: you're good. Nobody, you ain't going to be able to understand each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's funny. That's funny. Well, let's uh, get into some plugs here. Talk about your website. Talk about your, uh, how to sign up for... Uh, SWAT classes, the SWAT canine stuff, and what you got going on there?
0: Well, actually, we're getting ready to launch uh, our first uh, two-day seminar for kind integration, uh, hopefully sometime here in January, the end of January, during the 16th, 17th of January. We're going to open it to 10 teams and see what kind of uh, feedback we get locally or regionally, and, and hopefully we can have some more of those uh, where, again, we bring out the first day, kind of assess where people are, uh, the level that's coming, and then build our training from there and help we go back and, you know, be a more proficient team, you know. That's uh, being able to create scenarios and training so you can move forward for the real world is, is really what we're trying to do. Because uh, we all know if you've been yeah. in any type of critical incident, what we're looking for is time. We've got to get back time. And if you're trying to come up with a plan, if you're trying to, you know, figure out what you're going to do next, uh, and you don't have a baseline to start from. It's it's just debilitating and we just want to people over those hurdles.
2: That sounds that sounds awesome. And it sounds like you got the the, the great location to do it, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have you guys that, come that down soon soon and, and soon do soon something sometime. I, uh, no, I I would love to come down there.
1: I mean we were just uh, in Cincinnati, which is up the road. So I mean Yeah,
2: you're about two and a half hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we yeah, would that, love to that's come an to easy drive.
2: Yeah, I yeah, kept, well, maybe uh, we can work something out this It's about six hours for me. Yeah, that's an we're, easy we're part one. It, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, in your email address. Sure.
0: Yeah. All right. It's uh, doublehk9.com, and double H is all spelled out. And then it's rich at doublehk9.com. Excellent. Awesome.
2: Do you have any social media you want to plug?
0: Yeah, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, all the usual suspects.
1: Double H-K-9 is in right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah.
2: There it is. K-9 is spelled out.
1: Letter yes. K-9 or no. Oh, no.
2: C-A-N-I-N-E. C-A-N-I-N-E.
1: No, no, don't listen hey. to me. Canine. canine <laughs> K-9. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Eric, where are you?
2: <laughs> uh, Van S-K-9. Just, just type in Van S-K-9 on Google. It takes you everywhere you need to go.
1: Yeah, and I'm Torchlight K-9... Uh, working dog, uh, working underscore dog underscore radio, and then uh, my personal is Ted underscore summers. On the Instagram, uh, all the same things on Facebook, so um, not hard to find. Uh, you can get at either one, all of us there. So yeah. Uh, so with that, Rich has been awesome, man. Um, I appreciate it. So when does the first episode of uh, the new ep- the new podcast come out?
0: I have no idea. We wanted to try to get six. Uh record it oh, so we yeah can, that way we can you know start posting them out and then we can we kind of got a little uh a, a running uh, jump ahead there so
1: yeah oh, yeah that's a huge deal mm-hmm. believe me yeah if we can
0: get those going i think we'll be okay and you know we we didn't uh i think we recorded our first one over skype so uh i'm still trying to look at yep. the process that one so
1: yeah, we've been yeah. there, We've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're yelling into a tuba. So uh, yeah, believe me, I we have been there, done that. So uh, yeah, well, when it does come out, everyone listening, um, I'm sure Alicia will do a ridiculous media post about uh, where you can find it so that we get the numbers going so that you guys have listeners because there will inevitably be a worthwhile content coming out of YouTube. So well, we appreciate that. it so much. We really do. Yeah. With that, um, everybody, Happy New Year. This is the first episode of the year. Uh, we're going to have a 100th episode this year. Um, I have zero idea what that is going to entail. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't thought about it yet. All right. All right. Eric, what do you want to do?
2: Um,
1: I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly Go to bed Yeah
1: <laughs> Alright <laughs> We'll figure it out So we got the 100th episode Coming up for 2020 um, Eric and I are going to be Instructing at Blue Line uh, Going to be instructing At uh, HITS And we'll be instructing At um, All the HRD seminars um, All over the place We're going to be in Indiana Bravo Like seven three. Or Bravo 3 Yeah Bravo 3 and we're going to be Instructing in Indiana Like 13 times this year It feels like So um, If you're in Indiana You'll be able to see us For sure <laughs> yeah (laughs) north south Uh, east west whatever (laughs) even above the town so uh yeah coming up but yeah rich thanks for coming on man uh we appreciate it
0: well thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it nice experience no
1: problem excellent have a good night have a happy new year everybody you too happy new year happy new year guys One of the groups that's been with us since the beginning are the guys from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania that also host the Bravo 3 conference. Uh, That is Tripwire Operations Group. They have tons of stuff that goes boom. And they are a fantastic training facility for explosives and training of everything related to it for America's first responders, not just for police and military, but also for first responders. So head over to tripwireops.com to hit them up and see what classes they got going on. Um, and then be sure to come and see Eric and I at Bravo 3 this year in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania in October.
2: So our very first sponsor on the podcast was Arno out at uh, ALM Suits and Canine Equipment. Uh, the other day on a Facebook group, uh, somebody asked on there, what's what's the best hidden sleeve on the market? Uh, without a doubt, it is ALM's hidden sleeve. There's probably 10, 15 people on that post in there, got in there, ALM, ALM, ALM. It is so easy. His stuff is so good. Arno's a good dude, man. If you get a hold of him, that's the guy answering the phone. That's the guy doing all the work. almk I have a suit from there. Best hugs on the market. Not even close. The best hugs on the market and the best hidden sleeve. Hit up Arno, almk Be sure to use the discount code WDRadio. That's all capitals for 10% off your first order.
1: You know, one of the things about this podcast that everybody mentions that they love is the intro and exit music. And it was kind of a uh, big deal when we started the podcast to have that. And I want to say thank you personally to Brother Deeg, um, who is the artist and has graciously allowed us to use this music. And everybody be sure to head over to Brother Deeg, D-E-G-E dot net. Uh, buy a T-shirt or go to Spotify or Apple iTunes or wherever and stream his music or go and buy some um he's on tour all the time he plays Tulsa frequently um I love to see him when he's here uh fantastically talented artist from Louisiana uh and has graciously allowed us to use his music so enjoy it download more of it um brother deg net. go hit him up guys thanks
0: you got your reasons I got my
1: wants still got that feeling but I'm trying.